Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Aftershocks TV, where we feature some of the best underground and independent heavy rock and metal artists across the globe. And today we're going to the crossroads of the West here in the U.S. to beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. As I'd like to welcome to the show, the vocalist and ex excuse me, the vocalist and electric violin extraordinaire, who for years displayed her musical prowess with Doom Heavyweight Sabrosa, and she's now blowing heads off of Doom Metal fans as well everywhere with her new band, The Odolith. And their debut full-length, Folium Limina, which is out today as we're doing this interview. I'd like to welcome to the show, Miss Sarah Pendleton. Sarah, thanks for coming on. How are you? Oh, man. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, I'm great. Feeling a lot better than yesterday. <laughs> yeah, so we we've obviously don't have you on the camera here. So uh, you, you want to go ahead and explain to, uh, I guess, the, the audience here? Or yeah. <laughs> I had some pretty bad food poisoning yesterday and was just barfing all day, which is totally metal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> feeling feeling much better today. Um, but yeah, still kind of a wreck. I'm just like, woo. <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming on. You know, the fact that you're sick, I still appreciate you, you know, coming on and doing this. So thanks. Thanks again, Sarah. Really do appreciate oh, cool. it. Totally happy to. Okay, great. So yeah, Folium Limina out today to debut double LP out now on Blues Funeral Recordings. And for the listeners and viewers, if you're a Sabrosa fan and were as disappointed as I was when hearing of the band's dissolution back in 2019, let your heart not be troubled as this is one impressive debut record. And of course, it also consists of four of the five members. So before we get into talking about some of the music, Sarah, uh, if you don't mind, I guess just talk about really how the odolith came to fruition out of the ashes of sabrosa yeah um the end of sabrosa was really really tough for all of us um and you know at first i think we all kind of wanted to just like tuck our tails between our legs and go mm -hmm. hide in a hole somewhere but um it didn't take long before we realized i i mean the worst part of that that heartbreak over the breakup of sabrosa was just missing each other's company and missing creating together and we just knew we had to come come together and, and make something new we didn't have any idea what was going to happen we didn't know if we would write albums we just started getting together at each other's houses and just jamming because that's what we needed in order to heal mm -hmm. sure now when you was there i guess you know when you guys started you know getting together and write for for the odolith i mean was there a, an adjustment period especially with the songwriting since I think I remember seeing an interview with that you did with Rebecca some years ago where you both were talking about the songwriting process for Sabrosa and how she would sort of start the foundations of the songs. And I guess the rest of you would sort of then add your parts into it later. So, I mean, had, had the four of you ever gotten together and created music before or did this all just happen after you guys uh, left the band uh, parted ways? Yeah, it was a totally new process. And, you know, there's no right or wrong way. The way we did it in Sarosa worked great. Um, and the way we do it in the Odolith is is wonderful, too. But, yeah, it's a totally new process. We are almost writing the songs in real time. Um, and, you know, any of, of the five of us can write a song, write a riff and bring it to the table. And then we just we work at it and we make something out of it. 
Pretty fantastic. Well, let's talk about the album's first single, the 13 and a half minute opus Signo Coda. Stellar mix, really, of those sludgy doom riffs, obviously, that you guys were known for with Sabrosa, but it's also topped off now with those sultry sounds that emanate from both yourself and your tag team violin partner there, Kim. And, you know, this track, I, I just love this track. And I did read an interview that you did that lyrically, it sort of revolves, I think, around sort of a lot of the disconnect with personal relationships due to the world being on lockdown for a couple of years there. Um, so why don't you go ahead, Sarah, just talk a little bit more about Signal Coda and how the lyrics pertain to what you were, I guess, going through at the time you wrote it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's strange because it was such a, a, a painful time for all of us, but it's one of the only things from my lifetime that I can think of that unites the entire planet in, in, in one experience. Mm, and so everyone can relate to this, but, you know, it, it was a weird, I, I got kind of a weird hypochondria. Um, you know, every time I'd feel a little twinge, I just thought, oh, am I dying? You know, and, mm -hmm. and I wonder how many people, I know some friends that went through the same thing and I wonder how many people went through that. And, you know, it, it actually is, is kind of maddening over time um, mm -hmm. when, you know, but but even worse than that was really just the loneliness and feeling like, you know, you're being left behind and and you just miss everyone so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I, I yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I guess like you said, you know, one of the silver linings, if there is any, with the pandemic, is that a lot of great music did come out of you know, the pandemic and because people are in such a, you know, in, in that headspace throughout it all. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of times, those, I mean, those those times do create great art and um, which is obviously evident, you know, with the song and a lot of the stuff you did on this record. So, um, but, you know, I just, and the other thing I just want to ask you too about, you know, with, with the song, right, is, is really in terms of the music and the instrumentation, uh, if you don't mind, I guess maybe talk a, a bit about, you know, what, what it was that, that you and the rest of the band wanted to do maybe consciously do different with the Odalift than what you did previously with Sabrosa in terms of that, that approach. I mean, was there anything where you just, did you guys just kind of get together and just see what happened or did you have any conscious ideas that you wanted to change that maybe you, you always hoping maybe you could have done or wanted to do with Sabrosa? Yeah, it was really just kind of a, a gamble because we didn't have a plan in place. We just got together and thought, well, let's see what happens. And, it, you know, it was, it was rocky at first because we didn't have a process in place. Um, but then it just kind of flourished and, and, and it just was born out of the time that we spent together. And, you know, Levi would write a song or Kim would write a song or I would write a song. Um, and Andy always has these incredible ideas about like noise and samples and different kinds of percussion and, you know, it's just everything is welcome at the table. And, you know, at first it's it, it's like a little bit of chaos, but now we mm. kind of have it down. And I, I love I love the process. Sure. Absolutely. And, you know, the music, too, I mean, to me, at least, you know, it definitely seems a little bit, I would say, darker, heavier and folkier than what um, you guys had done previously. Was that one of the musical maybe sort of goals that you guys set out to do or to just once again to just kind of come out that way? Yeah, I'm I'm so happy to hear that because those are things that we definitely value. Okay. Um, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't intended. I think you know each each member of the band um, had things that they wanted to express um, sonically and lyrically. Um, for instance, the track "Dispirit," 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's the album closer. That mm-hmm. is a very personal song that Levi wrote after his wife died. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. he, he'd been holding that song um, for quite a while. And we were just so happy to bring it into the world as, you know, through the Odalith to be to be the shunt for that was a huge privilege. Well, yeah, I, I, I can imagine. Absolutely. Um, well, now, I mean, obviously, listening to that song now, it's going to have a, a different, you know, just thinking of that, I'll obviously have a, a bit more, I guess, context or feel to it, uh, just knowing that that's where it came from. And that's, you know, I, I think that's really, you know, um, noble of them to, to share that experience, too, with the listeners. I think that's, you know, I think a lot of listeners will will very will enjoy that a lot. Absolutely. Um, so now vocally, uh, Sarah, I mean, you're, you're in the lead now, obviously, instead of doing backing vocals like you did previously. And there's also a, a massive difference, obviously, between, in my opinion, your style approach and what Rebecca's was, where I felt she came maybe from more of a, it, to me, it sounded more like a punk sort of alternative angle, which is obviously a, a lot different from your style and approach, which is, you know, really more of that sort of, you know, melodic, you know, avant-garde and new age, you know, feel to me. And it has those harmonies and just, it just seems a little bit more melodic in nature with the Odalith. I mean, was there ever moments, I guess, between either yourself or the other members when you were in Sabrosa where you couldn't really help but wonder, you know, maybe what your music would sound like if maybe you were doing the lead vocals and maybe not Rebecca? Did that ever occur to you guys when you were in the previous band? No, because in Sabrosa, I mean, Rebecca's voice was just perfect for what we Mm. were doing, you know, and it really, really worked. But um, when we started this band, you know, we had to work with what we have, which is my voice and Kim's voice. And I cannot tell you how much I love harmonizing with her because the vocal parts that she writes and, you know, the lyrics that she contributes are so beautiful. And, you know, I'm in a lower register and she's in a higher register. So it just is, it's perfect. And mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, to have her as my vocal partner is amazing. You know, my favorite song on the record uh, is the second track on the record, and Drowned His Wing. I just love that really main part of the song. It just has a real dark, sort of harrowing feel to it. And I just, you know, I love how the song starts off, too, with, uh, I think it's Levi's, his, his harsh vocals that come in. And it's just it's just a track that really just you get sucked into right away and just ride for that, that whole, you know, nine, ten minutes there. Talk about that song and what that represents and really how that all came together. Oh, yeah. I mean, I... I want to say Levi is, he's always so self-deprecating and, you know, he shies away from compliments and praise, but his growl vocals are just so powerful. They just blow our shit away. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Can I say shit? (laughs) Yeah, you You can say, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Say whatever Um, you want. Oh yeah. 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 But that song, um, that song, you know, instrumentally, mu- musically, we were writing it um, for a while. And then I started to realize how well um, the lyrical theme from the lyrical theme is from some recurring dreams that I have. Okay. Um, and I started to realize like, oh, man, this would really fit with this song. And so basically, I mean, the song is about uh, a sleepwalker who um, she is walking through the countryside at night while sleeping. She's passing by, um, you know, animals that seem to be watching her. And she's drawn to a natural spring where she hangs out with some aliens and 
they talk about uh, how we can maybe save the planet. too you know sarah about you you know your music whether it was with Sabrosa or now with yodolith is that to me people have to really see you and, and the others play live to really get i think the power and the essence of what your music is about you know this to me this type of you know music is meant for a live setting or at least on a vinyl you know i mean you have to have that vinyl and i, I encourage all our viewers there to go pick up the vinyl of this record it's you're really going to get the real experience so i mean for you guys as a band i mean how difficult or i should say maybe challenging is it to capture what you sound like live and really get that, uh, you know, into onto a recording in the studio. Cause I mean, I, I would think it had to be sort of an arduous process to really, to get to the point where you're satisfied with what you're doing in the studio, because this stuff is so amazing live. Is it, is it really difficult or challenging or is it pretty easy for you guys? Well, I think we are coming from a place of privilege on that because Andy is also an extraordinary sound engineer and he has his studio and that's where we practice and that's where we record. And okay. so having a member of the band also be our sound engineer puts us in a unique and wonderful spot for that. Mm -hmm. um, I think without that, it, it would be a thousand times tougher Okay. Um, because, you know, it's, yeah, it, he knows exactly what we're going for because he's part of it. Sure. Okay. Um, 
but also I have to say like having a deadline put on us um, where we had to deliver the mastered tracks was also good because okay. when you don't have that parameter, sometimes you can just like go crazy and not know when to rein yourself in. You sure. Know? I overdo it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, no. Well, and speaking of live settings, I mean, I, I know. Let's talk about a couple of festivals I know you guys played at recently, which I, I've got to get to these next year just for some of the the things I've seen and heard. It's just it's phenomenal. We'll start with the most recent one, Monolith on the Mesa, that took place in Dallas, New Mexico, this past September. Talk about playing in that kind of a setting with that style of music you play. I mean, did it have sort of a an ethereal feel to it, just playing a set in a region like that? Oh, man. Uh, well, we didn't play that festival, actually. Oh, you didn't? I thought you guys were scheduled for that, no? Yeah, we were so bummed. We were oh. on the roster and scheduled to play that festival since uh, 2020 when it kept getting pushed back. Mm. And we were so excited to do it. And then we had to drop off because of personal reasons oh, okay. at the last minute. And we were so sad about that. And the, the organizers of that festival are amazing people and yeah we really want to be a part of it so we're hoping they will invite us back even mm -hmm. though we had to let them down which was a bummer but sometimes you just can't help it absolutely yep life gets in the way I, yeah, it just happens absolutely well the yeah. one uh, the, the one i know you did play because i did see the video of it was the fire in the mountains festival in wyoming uh which which i heard just to get to that place was quite the adventure and uh but i mean what a beautiful setting i mean in the mountains of wyoming there i mean talk about playing uh that uh I mean, it's because like i said it sounded like it was sort of a pilgrimage just to even get there um but what a majestic view and just breathtaking stuff it seemed like well you know that yeah that was after everything that i've seen everywhere we've been that festival is now in my top five of all wow. time. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, the setting is so gorgeous. It's, it's rustic, but it's still comfortable. We slept in these teepees that are up on the, the mountainside. Cool. You step out of your teepee in the morning and you look down and you see the festival grounds and the stage and people gathering, wow. and, you know, our set was pretty early on in the day and it was really hot outside. So I, my heart just like burst because I was looking out at all these people who were braving the afternoon heat to watch us and, you know, being out on that stage with the Tetons as a backdrop. I mean, oh, wow. Can't, yeah. I can't, can't beat even it. tell you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. seeing so many friends that we hadn't seen for so long was amazing and there were so many good performances oh it yeah it was incredible Uh, Sarah, so now what's the plan, I guess, for the band in terms of really getting this music into as many ears and hands as possible, this record? I mean, are you going to continue to play festivals? Is there any maybe plans to maybe tour here in the States or overseas? So just talk about the future plans for the other one. Yeah, I mean, I just 
you know, want to give a shout out, first of all, to Blue's funeral because Jad, um, you know, he, he went out on a limb and, and kind of gambled on us. And, you know, when you, when you sign a, an unknown band, you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And without his help, uh, we wouldn't be here. So mm-hmm. he's done a phenomenal job of, of getting the music out there and helping us promote things. And it's just been an, an amazing experience. So um, first of all, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you, Jad. Thank you, Jad. Uh, Maybe yeah. to the listeners too. Thank you, Jad. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, as far as touring goes, you know, we're we're grown ups, which is mm. awesome, I know, and also difficult. And we have you know mm-hmm. kiddos and and sure. mortgages and jobs and all that. Um, so we're we're not going to be doing a ton of long tours. But we're mm-hmm. definitely uh, aiming for the the moon as far as like doing. We'd love to do Roadburn and Hellfest and Arctangent and awesome. I mean I could go on there all all those amazing festivals. Um, and who knows? We'll be we'll be looking out for um, some some good tours and hopefully being able to support some great great bands in the next little while. Fantastic. Well, I can't wait to see that. Hopefully you'll you'll come out this way and into California so we can check you out. But for everyone else out there, if they can't check you out, definitely go grab a copy of this eclectic debut release by the Odolith titled Folium Limina out now on Blues Funeral Recordings. And Sarah, where should we send the viewers and listeners to go buy a copy of the record as well as just to keep up with the band in general with show dates and all that good stuff? Yeah, so um, you can follow us on Instagram, um, the Odolith Band. Or you can go to our band camp, or you can go to um, bluesfuneral.com, and you'll be able to. We have um, some merch, and then of course the album available. So yeah, we'd love to hear from you and make things make things happen. Fantastic! Well, once again, the band is the Odolith. Folium Limited is the record. And Sarah, thanks for coming on AfterShocks, and good luck with the record and everything else that's going on with the band in the future. Yeah, thank you so much, Matt. This was really awesome. 